Amen. Shall we pray? Our dear Heavenly Father, from whom all blessings flow, we thank you for your word. We thank you for bringing us together this morning to hear from you. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Teach us this morning your own way. Remind us of things we have forgotten. I decrease completely that you might increase. Speak to us expressly, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I really want to appreciate um, our dear Venerable Chike, you know, for the way he took this Bible reading. You know, um, and I believe I may not have to go back to this Bible passage, which is the center of our discussion this morning. And I want to appreciate our parents and our fathers in the house, in the Lord, Reverend Canon Professor Chikere Anunsie. Thank you so much, sir. The vicar and the chaplain, and all the assistant chaplains, Reverend Canon Professor Ifanyona, thank you, sir. And um, Reverend Dr. Chukudi Aniago, thank you so much for inviting me to share fellowship with the brethren this morning. And to all the workers in the yard and the parish council, thank you for finding me worthy to be part of you this morning. And I want to thank all of you who are seated to listen to the word of God through me this morning. I know a number of you. I think I'm a member of this church <laughs> in diaspora, right? Amen. Thank you. I often make a joke here that if you don't invite me, I will invite myself. So when Professor Ifai was asking for my calendar to know when I could come in, I was so glad to tell him I will be around in Nigeria between so and so time and God helping me, it was possible. And I give him all the glory. Praise the Lord. I'm here with my wonderful wife of 21 years, my sweet potato. <laughs> you know, Dr. Mrs. Oloma Wogu. Oloma is the head of the department of the radiography UNEC. And we've been married for 21 years. And God has blessed us with six children. And I thank you for praying that God stops and God has been answering your prayer. Keep praying that prayer. If not, in my dream last night, we had another baby. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> I didn't share the dream this morning. So that, you know, we don't start a discussion knowing full well that I'm coming to share the word of God. But I had a dream. <laughs> May God have mercy on me. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. So, um, sir, when this topic was given to me, the shrewd, I mean, the shrewd steward, I was having a lot of discussions with the Holy Spirit. At a point, I called my wife and I shared with my wife. I said to my wife, this is the topic I've been given to. And this is like the topic for some time I have been speaking about, even in full gospel, 
uh, some of the members of Full Gospel here will know that the topic also I'm going to share on is something about steward. So what is it that the Lord is speaking to me? I don't know about you. So because I, first of all, when I was discussing with the Holy Spirit and this message was being prepared, I was asking the Lord to speak to me first. What is it that you want to tell me? So I, I, I told my wife this morning that this topic is like an appraiser topic. It's a soul-searching topic. And I thank God for you, and I thank God for this church. I must commend you. Sometimes over there in Zambia, when I have a few days, I will always, sometimes I will listen or I will join you online. And you've been doing fantastic work. Clap for yourself. I will join this church online. Sometimes after service, I will come back, I will go to Facebook, and I will listen to the service from the beginning to the end. I am not lying. And I enjoy the service. I enjoy the choir. I enjoy the way they sing their hymn. There are some voices I'm already used to. Let's clap for the choir. So searching topic. I would like you to really pay attention. I'm not going to spend so much time, but there are certain things God would like you to learn this morning. It's a soul-searching topic. It's not a topic that will excite you so much. It's a topic that will make you think about yourself and about your still worship. And if it's possible, you and I will begin to make amends. Amen. Now, the story or the parable has been read by uh, their venerable Chike. So I don't want to go through that story again. But this is a parable Jesus told. Jesus was the one. If you, if you read this story in King James Version, you see that it's written in red. So Jesus was the one telling this story. And he's telling the story of a dishonest, I would like us to mark that word, dishonest manager. A particular scripture says is an unjust steward. So this manager was about to be dismissed. And for some of us who work in some industries like the one I work in, sometimes you'll be so afraid because if things don't go the way they should go, you may be dismissed. So he was about to be dismissed from his position. Faced with uncertainty, he devised a clever plan to secure his future. I would like us to mark this, that he devised a clever plan to secure his future by making friends with his master's debtors. The story says that he had to reduce some of their indebtedness, thereby gaining favor and potential support for his upcoming hardship. So this man understood clearly what he was in for. Now you might wonder why Jesus will use such a dishonest story or to use such a story of a dishonest man to teach us. It is essential to understand that Jesus is not accepting this kind of behavior. Rather, he is condemning the deceitful behavior. However, he wants us to focus on the steward's resourcefulness and foresightedness. Despite his unrighteous actions, the steward recognized the urgency of his situation and took practical steps to prepare for the days to come. So from this parable, we learn valuable lessons about stewardship. 
Responsibility is another word I will emphasize in this morning. Responsibility. And our relationship with worldly possessions. Now, coming back to this story, there are certain words I would like us to have a definition on them. Even if you call them, I know that we have a lot of learned people here. Or people who are professors. I am not one. But when I was writing my thesis, my wife, who is my first teacher in the house, was telling me that's what is called operational definition. So there are things I will give operational definitions of the words, steward. I will also give operational definition of shrewd this morning. So for steward, is a man hired. This man has been hired. And he has been given responsibility for certain actions. One, this man has been hired. You know, when we say that we did not choose him, but he chose us. The process of choosing us as Christians is the process of enrolling us. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, for the purpose of this discussion this morning, of this message, anyone seated here who is born again is a steward. Is that clear? So, you have been hired and you've been given responsibility. The Bible says... In the book of John chapter 21 from verse 15 to 17. I may not go into reading this, but please write it down. Jesus, when he was about to leave, called on a particular disciple. His name is Peter. And he said to him, Peter, the first time, do you love me? Why, he was asking Peter that question because Peter happens to be a steward. Or was a steward. Do you love me? He said yes. He said to him, feed my flock. The responsibility is to do what? Feed the flock. He came to him again, Peter. He said to him, sir, I hear you. Do you love me? He said, yes. He said to him, feed my flock. And the third time, he called on Peter. Peter said, you know whether I love you or not. Say what you want to say. But I believe that Jesus was calling on Peter because he has said to himself, I have employed Peter. For a task. I am not sure. Because he can see the end from the beginning. That Peter will be able to do or to carry out this responsibility. So I need to remind him. Coming back to this story. So Jesus is saying to us this morning. That at worst. Be like this shrewd steward. At worst. Be like this shrewd steward. If you don't. If you are not faithful. At worst, be like this shrewd steward who understood clearly the dangers and the doom that was about to come upon him. And he decided to take dressing and he began to do certain things. There's another set of people that I believe Jesus is also speaking to like he spoke to Peter in the book of John 21. I believe Jesus is also speaking to parents this morning, parents in this church. And he is also telling them, train your children. At worst, be like the shrewd steward who understood the dangers. You also should understand the dangers of not training your children. And that's why the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go, so that when he grows, he will not depart from it. Men and brethren, one of the responsibilities of a steward 
is to feed. He has the responsibility to feed. A steward has responsibility. When I mean feeding now, I mean feeding the people. When Jesus was speaking to Peter and said, feed my flock, is to feed the people with the word of God. And I thank God for this church because I know that this is a church where the word of God is preached undilutedly. So this is a place you can hear the word of God. A lot of people have neutralized the potency in the word of God. They have made the word of God to suit their situation. Thereby watering the efficacy of the word of God. Feed my flock. Train your child as a parent. Recently, while I was in Lusaka, and, um, I caught one rima. I called my wife. I said to my wife, there are two types of parents. One, parents that prepare the future for their children. And then parents that prepare their children for the future. And I shared with my wife in that meeting we were having, I said to my wife, let's be parents that will prepare our children for the future. And that's the responsibility of a steward. A steward, a pastor, a reverend, a canon, a venerable, is one who will prepare the church, who will prepare the flock for the future. Little you know that in our time when we got born again, I was just trying to analyze this. I said, parents born in, 60, in the 60s, late 50s, early 60s, and um, you know, down to 70, we have to take dressing. Parents that were born before 1940, there was a way they raised their children. They understood the story of the shrewd steward. Look at me today, standing here. I can imagine the way my father raised me. And why I say this message is for me first is, am I raising my children that same way? Jesus is saying to me, at least be wise like that unjust steward who could understand that there was a problem coming. If we are not able to decipher that there is a problem coming, then we are not like the shrewd steward. Praise the Lord. Train up a child. So a parent that prepares the future for the child is like a parent that will build estates, do all sorts of things, which, I mean, they are good. But it's just a question of three years. When you have gone, they will sell off all them, all of them. But show me a father that is preparing his children for the future, like my own father prepared me. I give it to him. I will show you a parent that even when he had gone, the children will build on his legacies and grow whatever the father has left for him. What kind of parent are you this morning? Be wise like the shrewd steward. Praise the Lord. If you read book of Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse, um, verse 9 and Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse um, 7, my wife pointed me to this scripture about how the word of God should be read to children, whether you are on the road with them, whether you are in the house with them, whether you are cooking, whether you are playing, you just keep chipping in the word of God. Be wise like the shrewd steward because of the danger that will come. Praise the Lord. God gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. If you read the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, you will see that. And I love that scripture so much. And God has a reason for giving us everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's so that we can use these things. And this message will be focused on the privileges we have enjoyed from God, which is part of the reading of this morning.
and the responsibility. And I'm not going to take so much time, but I'm going to highlight the privileges we have enjoyed from God. And God is screaming from above and saying, Hear me, O church. Can you see the privileges I have released, I have unleashed on you? Can you just be like the shrewd steward and begin to do something? And that is the responsibility. And what is being shrewd? Being shrewd is being very brilliant enough to know. Having deep knowledge. So a shrewd steward is someone who is employed to carry out responsibility because of his deep knowledge. Or who has been employed with the purpose of carrying out responsibilities because of the person's deep knowledge of the times. Do you have deep knowledge of the times? Or do you think that all that we hope in this life is in this world? The Bible says we are of all men most miserable. So God is reminding us this morning that we should know that there's a danger coming. At least you know that there's heaven and there's hell. And we're expected to be like this unjust servant or unjust steward. Not promoting his dishonest life, but promoting that he was able to know that he needed to take some actions. Are you ready and willing to take some actions? We were taught when we were growing up that we should take responsibilities. At least we knew and we understood that we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. According to the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. We knew that right from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violence taken it by force. We knew how to war with our hands. We knew. Today, what are we transmitting? We are in the days of grace. I believe in grace. The Bible says clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9, My grace shall be sufficient unto you. But in as much as I believe in grace, not to the extent of being lazy. Hallelujah. Be wise like that should steward. You know, these days, people are so lazy that they have now begun to contract prayer contractors. And, you know, I'm so sure that you also know that there's a particular church overseas where the priest was so lazy, he had to bring an AI to preach. AI preached. They brought someone and pumped into the word of God, into that robot. And robot was preaching. It's happening. God forbid, it will, soon, it, will soon, it will soon, if we don't rise up, it will, soon, it will soon catch up with us. AI is preaching. They pumped robots. Robot came to church, did the reading, and was preaching like I'm preaching. God forbid, but I'm not a robot. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, the people were in the dispensation of grace. Grace, be wise. By the shrewd steward. Praise the Lord. Think about the future. Think about what you will gain after now. Think about eternity. So the, the, the reading of this morning points us to eternity. Are we preparing for eternity? Are we mindful of the things we need to do? Do we also know that when we meet with Jesus in glory, for those who would have done what he said we should do, and the reason he's coming this morning, to remind us of the shrewd steward, that there will be crowns that will be, that will be decorated with on our heads. Are you mindful of that? Jesus is speaking to us this morning. What are these tasks? Clearly I have said Jesus speaking to Peter. Said to him, feed my flock. The task to evangelize. 
The task to evangelize or to preach. The task to win souls. The task to mentor the new converts. You know, I got born again at Chapel of Redemption in Enugu Campus in 1994, 1st May. I, you know, I have told this story over and over. And Professor Samike made out time, as little as I was then, to spend time with me almost on weekly basis every Sunday in Chapel of Redemption. Do we have that time? Do we also know, look at me today standing, how many years down the line, still professing this faith? So taking, taking mentoring or mentorship program seriously, are you thinking in that direction? Are you so busy that you have forgotten that God has invested so much in you? Where I work, we talk about return on investment. Look at all the investment the Lord has made in me. Should I not give him return? Why the shrewd servants knew that there was a problem is because he knew that the master had made so much investment in him, but there was no return. As you are seated there this morning, as I'm standing here this morning, do I give God returns on the investment he has made in me? And that's why I say that it's a soul-searching message this morning. And it's also for me. All the things God has given to you. He has, you have become a professor at a very wonderful age. You have become a PhD holder even before you turn 40. Some of you before you turn 30. Those days when I used to see PhD holders, they would have grown gray and they are old and stricken in age. But these days, people who are very young, God has helped them so much. Because he gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. People like us, so young, coming from nowhere, at a point, my village was not in the map. God has brought us, brought us out from such villages. Just like the psalmist said in the book of Psalm 40 verse 2. He has brought me out from a mighty clay, from a horrible pit, and he has placed my feet upon the rock. God has brought me out from this village. God has brought me to limelight. Is that not enough investment? And God is saying to me, honey, of all things, if you don't remember anything, remember the shrewd steward. I'm calling on you to begin to make investment also in the life of people. I'm calling on you to go and evangelize. I'm calling on you to go and win souls. I'm calling on you to mentor people. I'm calling on you to feed the flock. Peter, Peter, feed my flock. Yesterday, when I was reading through this, I remember my brother, Ololu. I said, I'll call his name this. Ololu, Ololu, feed my flock. Go and feed my flock. God is calling on us individually. Not just Peter. Put your name there. Ihani, Ololu, go and feed my flock. You, I have invested so much in you. Take up the responsibility. I need you to do something. Just be wise like the shrewd steward. Even if you are so busy to do all these things, why don't you also let people see your lifestyle? The way you live at home. A lot of us don't live well in our homes. A lot of us don't live well in our neighborhood. In our places of work, we are different. We come to church, we wear sentimentous attitude. Jesus is saying, live your life in such a way that you will be a written epistle. He's speaking to me where I am. My wife is not there at the moment. Live your life in such a way that you will be a, li a living epistle. That's why the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1, follow my examples as I follow the examples of Jesus Christ. NIV. Praise the Lord. So when God is talking to people, God is using different names to, to describe you. Recently, I just realized and I did 
a thorough you know, study on this purchase possession. If you read the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14, where God is saying that you are his purchase possession. I have thought on this and I remembered a particular possession that I acquired recently and how much we spent to acquire it. And it's so much a fortune. And God used that to, to give me an example that, see, for me to acquire you, I had to send my son Jesus, my only son, to die on the cross of Calvary. I have three boys. I will have to think and consult with my wife severally and possibly with my own owner before I will give one of them to be sacrificed. But Jesus did it. God did it. That's why you are a possessed, a purchased possession. He paid dearly for you. And he's speaking to you as his purchased possession. That's why sometimes he calls you laborer. If you go to the site where they are working, a laborer does whatever he's asked to do. He's not a skillful worker. You tell him to carry sand, he carries sand. You tell him to climb up, he climbs up. He tell, you tell him to pack dirt, he packs all the dirt. You're a laborer. He didn't stop there. He called you bond servants. You have been born dead. You don't have a life of your own anymore. Wherever I send you, you should go. Where I work, sometimes they'll give you bonds. You cannot go until after a particular time. Because of the investments they have made in you. Men and brethren, God has made investments in you. God has made investments in me. And that's why God is saying, be wise. And he said, you are a steward. I have employed you. You should go out there and understand that you have a responsibility. You are different because you have the spirit of Christ in you. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 11, If the spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead shall quicken all your mouth. So you have an energizer, the spirit of Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God. You have that energizer in you. So you are able to do it if you will say, I want to do it. Severally, I have seen that, you know, and I have proven that saying that says, where there's a will, there's a way. I have decided and I have made up my mind for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I keep asking God for grace. And this message this morning is reminding me again, I don't know about you, honey, I have made so much investment in you. You need to act immediately like they should Steward, praise the Lord. I want to talk about some re, re, the privileges we enjoy from Jesus, and I would like to talk about the responsibility. One privilege we enjoy is that we have maintained relationship with Him by virtue of being born again. God has fished us out, and we have maintained relationship and fellowship with Him. We have fellowship with the Father, wherein we can cry, "Abba, Father, my own Father." You now have a relationship with God. It's so, it's so fascinating. It's so interesting to know that anywhere I go, I know who I am. I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. That, when, that you're a child of Queen Elizabeth or King Charles makes you feel happy. How much more when I am a child of God? When I walked into Zambia, the first time I landed in Zambia for my assignment, as I stepped into that place from the earth aircraft, I said, land of Zambia, hear my word. A child of God has come here. I'm a child of God. And as I'm moving around, I have the gene of God in me. I am not ordinary. So whatsoever I say come, will come. And whatsoever I say go, we go. Why? Because I'm a carrier or I'm a deposit of God. 
That's the fellowship. That's the investment God has made in you. Beyond all material blessings. That is so important. Number two is that we will continue in this fellowship until we see Jesus in glory. That's the life after here. So I am so sure. Jesus said, I have gone to prepare a place for you. Where I am, you shall be also. In the book of John chapter 14. That place is heaven. So as I walk around, I know that I was telling them one of these days. I said to them, you know I am not from here. Immediately I said to them, you know I am not from here. The Spirit of God told me, you are also not from Nigeria. Why? Because I am a citizen of heaven. So I am here for a moment. I was trying to communicate to them that it is just a question of time. I will go back to my country. So as I was just finishing that, the Spirit of God told me, and just a matter of time, sometime, no matter how long you live here, you will also leave that your country one day. So I'm not even a citizen of Nigeria. I'm a citizen of heaven. So that's so much privilege God has given to me. Now when you talk of material blessings, God has given you and I so many material blessings, including good health. I have been privileged to go to the hospital and I have seen people whose legs are in the air. People who have eyes they are not able to see. I have seen people who have been, who have been fed through the nose. I have seen people who are not able to use the toilet at will. I have seen people, different kinds of stories and I have prayed for people and by virtue of such, I have known that I mean it's a privilege to be healthy. Even, even just being healthy. And there's one responsibility. And that responsibility is to make disciples of all nations. God has said with all these things I have invested in you. Just one responsibility. And that's why the scripture makes me understand that if I take care of this responsibility, if I keep preaching the gospel, if I keep teaching the gospel, if I keep you know, feeding the people with the word of God, that God will continue to answer my prayer. You know, in the book of Romans chapter 10 from verse, from verse um, 13 to 15. Verse 13 to 15. Praise the Lord. How can they hear until someone has spoken to them? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Now, if your feet are beautiful, your body will be beautiful. If your feet are beautiful, your life will be beautiful. If your feet are beautiful, your head will be beautiful. If your feet are beautiful, your family will be beautiful. I want to end this message by telling you that God is interested in blessing us with all things. But note that anytime you experience a close heaven, it may be as a result of something. Jesus said, as we go out to win souls, in the book of John chapter 15 verse 16, as long as we keep being steward, and as long as we keep preaching to people, as long as we keep understanding that we need to be shrewd and intelligent enough to know that there will be a day of accountability, that one thing is certain, he will continue to answer our prayers. Amen. So I now say to myself, anytime I pray and I don't see answers, it means there's a debt I'm owing God. If God is not at fault. I may be the one at fault. In many cases, I am the one at fault. He says, go and win souls and let your fruits abide. And whatsoever thing you shall ask of the Father, he shall give unto you. God is willing to be given. As a matter of fact, 
I am so sure that some accounts in this place have been overdrawn. Because I know that God has been blessing us and blessing us and blessing us. And is just like waiting for us to go and do what he has asked us to do. So that he will continue to bless us. And he will be wondering, can't this person just understand? Can't you just understand that the blessings of the Lord is for a purpose? Can't he just understand in this hard time? My story is the testimony. For want of time I would have shared it. It's a testimony. But is it that he cannot understand that it's for a purpose? God forbid. God help me. I repent. And that's exactly the kind of heart God is looking out for this morning. Someone that will come to him and say, Lord, I repent. You are in, the investments in me cannot be in vain. I repent totally. Are there things God has been telling you to do for the kingdom in the church? Are there people in your neighborhood you are supposed to have preached to? Are there people in your office you are supposed to have evangelized? Are there people around you, your village, a particular day, you know, the message was going on this way, and I remembered members of my father's house, a number of them that are not yet born again. And I said to myself, God help me. I still have so much work to do. Are you like me this morning? The story of the shrewd steward is a, is, is, is a soul-searching story. Remember there will be a day of accountability. Can we bow down our heads? Before you become a steward, you must have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You must have been chosen by Him. You must have confessed your sin. You must have believed in your heart. If you are in church this morning, you have not reconciled with Jesus. You have not made peace with Jesus. You are in church this morning, you are not yet born again. This is an opportunity for you to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I have indeed heard your word and I have believed your word. And I confess you this morning as my Lord and Savior. If we have such a person, please. It's an opportunity for you to raise your hand. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. You want to accept him into your life. This is an opportunity for you. Or you have given your life to Jesus, but along the line, you slipped. You got backslidden. Or you made a mistake. This is also an opportunity for you to say, Lord, I come back to you. Forgive me my past mistakes. Make me a new person again. This is also an opportunity for you. Or this morning, you know God has made some investments in you, but in your mind, in your heart, you know that the return on such investments are not enough. You know, appraise yourself. This is also an opportunity for you. What will I render unto the Lord for all that he has done for me? How will I repay him? How will I do his bidding? For all that he has done for me, all that he has given me, how will I return back to him? If you are such a person, too, it's an opportunity for you to say, Lord, I come to you in total repentance this morning. Have mercy on me. Forgive me of my past mistakes. I have learned from this unjust servant, inasmuch as I will not learn his dishonesty. But I will learn how he quickly addressed a situation. Release grace upon me this morning to address my situation. I change completely. Make me a living epistle in my office, 
May I not be ashamed of your gospel anymore. May I teach people. May I feed the flock. May I be available to mentor people in the church, in the neighborhood. May I be a type of life that young people will see and they will want to come to you, Lord Jesus. They want to love you. They want to serve you. Make me such a person, O Lord. Make me such a person, O Lord. Make me such a person, O Lord, that my life will bring glory to your name. When men see me, they will give you glory because I have become the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed.